Kenny Pickett has now said that he will for sure play against the Tennessee Titans. But is that going to be enough for this Steelers offense that struggled even when he's been healthy? And we begin to ask the question, will Kenny Pickett ever show signs of being the quarterback that they wanted him to be when they drafted him in the first round? That and why the Steelers made no tread deadline moves as well as secondary challenges all here on a Wednesday episode of the Locked on Steelers podcast. Joined, I'm Chris Carter, joined by Alan Saunders. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase last-minute tickets lowest price. Guaranteed, as I said before, we're rejoined by my man, Alan Saunders of, of SteelersNow.com. Now, we missed you last week, Alan. wasn't really your fault. It was more so my the guy who wanted to be my plumber's fault and kind of messed things up in my house. But we're back, baby. We got you back on the show. We missed you on the grade segment. But a lot has happened, Alan, since, since you were last on. The Steelers' uh, offense that looked like it might be promising after the Rams game went right back to being – the bad version of itself that we've seen pretty much all this season. And uh, Kenny Pickett got injured. And now it looks like he is going to play uh, in, in this game, Alan. Uh, I just, I look at this and I look at the things that Kenny Pickett has to get better, has to get better at for the Steelers. And it just, it doesn't seem that the list ever changes from getting the basics done, making the, the 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 consistent reads, making the the consistent throws, the doing the little things that are asked of him and it's weird because we've seen him do it at times. Yeah, it's been um it's been a struggle. I mean, first of all, I need to go back. Um I know that I've missed a grade segment, but <laughs> I need to give a bus ticket grade to your plumber. Um, yes. That's ruined uh, everything. You got to put that one down in the ledger. Um, <laughs> it was his fault that I wasn't here last week. Not yes. mine. I know I got some yeah, there were flack. Pe- there, the there were, pe- there were people here. giving you three skull grades for not I being know. on the show. And I'm like, it I wasn't know. Alan's it wasn't, fault. It wasn't my fault. I kind of feel like we're there with Kenny Pickett, too. You know, I have this problem where there's too many variables. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to separate the variables, right? I mean, first of all, we can talk big picture, right? I mean, Matt Canada has never run a successful NFL offense yeah. with three different quarterbacks. Yes. So if you go, I mean, I if you, if you it's so how do we know that the problem is Kenny Pickett and not largely the offense in general? Like, I, I don't know that we can know that, right? I mean, if you look at this, I, I looked this up the other day because uh, somebody was asking uh, just about, like, how much it would matter if Pickett plays versus Trubisky. Uh, here you go. Kenny Pickett, since the start of the 2022 season, has completed 62% of his passes, 
He has a quarterback rating of 78 and an average net yards per attempt of 4.87. And in his time with the Steelers, also since the beginning of the 2022 season, Mitchell Trubisky has completed 63.7% of his passes, has Hmm. a 76.9 quarterback rating, and a 4.93 adjusted net yards per attempt. Same, same, same thing. Wow. Basically exactly the same results, whether you have Mitch Trubisky or you have Kenny Pickett in a quarterback for the Steelers in general over the last two years. I think you could get into specifics and and maybe we will. But so what does that tell me? I I don't think it tells me anything other than there's so much that we don't know that we don't know, right? I, I don't know where the problems are. Is it Pickett? Is it Canada? Let's get into some finer detail stuff here. Uh, what has happened to the Steelers' offensive line? This unit that we thought was going to be yeah. so much better this year, I think actually might be worse. I mean, we, this, this is not a good defensive line that, that they're playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. Look at the tape. It's ugly. I have no idea what's going on. Um, why are they failing? And again, this is the third straight unit that, that we can say is eh, not very good. Steelers offensive line, three years in a row. Is it the line? Is it their strategy? Is it their coaching? Is it just the offense? I, I don't know. There's, there's too many independent variables to come up with like a big picture answer. And I think when you look at Kenny Pickett and you look at young quarterbacks like him that have – above average talent but not elite talent it's gonna like he's gonna need help and i don't think he's getting it in a way that like your point is like should we be expecting more from him in general maybe but like in this specific circumstance i'm not sure that we can you know i just don't know that that we have the knowledge to say Kenny Pickett should be doing better than he is right now based on what's happening around him. It's a, it's a good way to put it. And and right now those are real questions that, you know, after two or three games this season, I'm like, yeah, you know, give it more time, but we're at what week nine now. Like we're at a point where, where this is becoming the season after this game, they will be, they will be eight games into the season. And the midpoint. It's, it's, it's a midpoint right now. And this looks very much like still the same Kenny Pickett in the same offense that we saw last year, uh, even when things started to go right for them in the second half of the season and they started to find a rhythm there. We haven't seen that, that jump up. Here was Kenny Pickett when we were asking him, one, him saying that he's going to play, and two, when we were asking him about what the problems are on the offense. Playing Thursday conducive to how you feel or are there clearances you need from doctors or is it a bit of both? Uh, no, I'll, I'm playing for sure. Is there anything other than rest you can kind of take out of this Some stuff, but with, with ribs, it's, it, it's rest, and you don't have that luxury, so you got to do what you have to do to, to play. Kenny, what do you feel like you guys have to do to get off to a faster start? Execute. It's not about scripting. It's not about anything. It's about us playing and, and, and being better than we're doing right now. It's not where it needs to be, um, but it has to get better. Yeah, yep. So that that safety's shading over Deontay's side. I want to move him with my eyes to the right. Um, I thought Deontay was going to sit. He saw it as he should have ran through it. It's a miscommunication, but it can't happen. 
You know, yeah, that's tough. You know, you, you, you can't throw, you know, a go ball if that corner's underneath and that safety's over top. We, you, you can't do it. Um, we got to do some different things and moving him around. Deontay obviously was big early. Um, he made a lot of plays for us. And then it swung over to Georgia's side at the end when he had that slant for a touchdown. So it's about, you know, moving around, being versatile, and getting in the ball. The drive where you got hurt and the one right before that, it looked like you guys were picking up momentum, stringing drives together. Were you able to find something maybe that you were able to do in the second quarter that had previously just been seen in the fourth? Uh, you're saying the second quarter that we just had connected to fourth quarter success? It, yeah, it looked like you were doing some things in that second quarter that before we had really only seen from you guys moving the ball in the fourth. I think, yeah, I think we would have we would saw that in the first quarter if we just played the way we know how to play. I mean, the plays were there, we just didn't make them. So, um, you know, penalties can't do that. Just execution, throwing, catching, running, doing what we need to do, the basics of the game, and we would have been having that success in that first quarter. How frustrating is it to have that injury when it felt like you were kind of picking up that momentum? It, it's frustrating. It's part of the game, though. You know, I've been doing it for a little bit. It, it is what it is. You just got to be available and, and get ready to go um, on Thursday night. And this is my problem. And he, he, this thing, Kenny Pickett isn't running away from it. It's not like he's making excuses for himself or saying it's this or it's that. Like, of all the people, Kenny Pickett could play the card of Matt Canada's killing me. And the entire, all of Steelers Nation would be like, oh, yes, Kenny. Like, they'd be patting him on the back. They'd be saying, we, we know, we know. But he's not, he, even he's not saying that. He's like, he's like, look, we got to do the basics. And I think that's where my questions have become because. We're talking about basic things. Like he talked about the Deontay Johnson missed touchdown in the end zone. You know, he thinks that Deontay is going to sit at one point. Deontay runs runs a little bit further. But either way, if he just throws it to, to, to Deontay Johnson as he's walking into the end zone, it, it's a touchdown regardless, and it changes the entire tenor of that game. You know, if just all the different things that you've seen from Kenny Pickett that, you know, there's times where he is so on point and you're like, there it is. That's the guy that you – Hope he develops into for four quarters and can give you more consistent play. But it's getting to the point where, Allen, like, when is the cutoff point that the Steelers have to see some consistent play from Kenny Pickett? Like, just a, a three-touchdown game where he looks completely in control, and if things go the right way, he can be the man. When is the cutoff of when that has to happen by? Or is there one because Matt Canada – is there not one because Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, I think there, if there is a cutoff, it's sometime next season with a different coordinator. I mean, I think that's that's probably the way I would answer that question. Like, I can't see that happening this year. And it's not just Kenny. You know, like, you look at the first drive, like, dots up Deontay. Is the ball a little bit high? Sure, but that's like a, a pass that every NFL receiver can catch, drop on what would have been a, what, 20, 30-yard completion? Yep. Um, second play. Chooks slips sacked in two and a half seconds. Like, you know, and then uh Chooks gets beat, Kenny gets out of there, and Deontay Clang's another one. Like, you know, like and then you get a holding penalty. Like it's no, how much of that was Kenny? Nothing. It's the whole offense. Right. It and, is the whole offense. And you know, I think when you look at Kenny as a as a college player, things fundamentally changed for him when he got better players around him and he felt that he could depend on them at a different level like when he got jordan addison he threw balls to jordan addison that he didn't throw to anybody else yeah okay when when, when his receivers became more professionalized they got better he should he trusted them to do more and more 
when his offensive line got better, he got better at staying in the pocket and and waiting guys out. And, and it, it he looks like the sophomore version of Kenny Pickett, who threw for eight yards in the AFC cha- ACC championship game, and they couldn't do anything. Right? They ran the ball forty times because they were afraid. I it just does not look like he's a guy that is confident in the players around him doing what they're supposed to do, being where they're supposed to be, they're showing us why he should not be confident in them because we can see the errors from not just the quarterback position, but from all over the offense uh, as, as, as problems, including his coordinator, who he's not going to say anything bad about, but has clearly um, not done a good enough job either. And, and I think that's, that's, that makes it really hard to, to, Sit there and point at one guy. The the problems are many, and and you know that I don't know that there's a way that they can fix them all in one week, especially not a short week. Like there's some things they can work on, but the reason that you know it's possible is those flashes, like Brooks talking about in that clip. Well, that drive in the second quarter where they go 95 yards. Now they don't get a touchdown, but they look good doing it. Right? Uh, you know, some of those drives we've seen in the fourth quarter. They, we know they can do it. It is possible. Um, they're just the execution is so inconsistent that it it seems unlikely that they're going to figure it out figure it all out anytime soon. I'm right with you there. I want to touch on this topic a little bit more before we talk about the fact that the Steelers made no moves at the trade deadline on Tuesday. And we got a lot more to discuss here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We got Alan Saunders keep coming at you with a lot of Steelers talk in this episode. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by our partners at eBay Motors, who have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're scouting the waiver wire or getting ready to make the best start on your roster, this is why you need guaranteed fits, and Vinny gives you his guaranteed fits from eBay Fantasy Picks of the Week. Bill's rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid has stepped into a big role with Dawson Knox getting hurt. He's gotten hot with Josh Allen the last two weeks, scoring for the first time in his career week eight against the the Buccaneers. Kincaid gets a smash spot in a shootout against the Bengals on Sunday night football. Cincinnati has been better in coverage on the outside versus wideouts than tight ends. Dalton Kincaid will once again come through for managers winning for a midseason pick-me-up at the position. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you get over 122 million parts and accessories that are available for your vehicle right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what parts you need for your vehicle the first time. So go for it. Switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now, you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay's guaranteed fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the best parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're back here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, I, I want to revisit this before we talk about the trade deadline and everything. But 
to me, it just feels like, like if the steel, let's, let's say this persists for the entire season and the obvious call, I mean, if it persists for the entire season, the one thing we do know, Matt Canada will not be the offensive coordinator after this season. His contract will be up. The Steelers will have no reason to bring him back. That's what that'll be. But if this persists, do you then turn your eyes towards the quarterback position in the in this upcoming NFL draft class? Do you try to find that answer somewhere else or at least prepare to find that answer somewhere else? Because then you're sitting here with two years of Kenny Pickett and thinking that you haven't seen the growth that you need to see yet here. And again, we're not talking about growth for him to become this super elite quarterback, like to do Patrick Mahomes level things. We're talking about just getting the basics done to run a basic offense. And like, like again, the play calls aren't my biggest problems with Matt Canada. It's the teaching. It's the it, it's it's obviously it's to me getting these guys to do basic things in his in his offense. Because uh, again, they're there, they're available, they're drawn up, but they're not pulled off. And to me, that's the biggest problem. What is your what is your call if that scenario scenario plays out? throughout the rest of the season. I'll go even further. I'll say no matter what happens throughout the rest of the season, they should be looking at drafting a quarterback. Okay. The position is too important to not to continue to take swings at it, even if you think you might be um, doing good enough with the guy you've got. Uh, Mason Rudolph is a free agent. I can't imagine he'll be asked to come back. Mitch Trubisky is a good backup. We've just talked about him being basically every bit as good as a Steelers starter. He's also relatively expensive. Uh, If you're ever going to get to a position where you want to pay Kenny Pickett some money, you're not going to want to have an expensive backup. They'll have an opening, get a quarterback in there that you like, have another guy on a rookie contract, start to develop. Even if you're just developing a backup to Kenny Pickett, start taking swings at the position. Kirk Cousins was a plan B. Right. Brock Purdy was a plan, I don't know, D. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like you can catch lightning in a bottle that way. You can also just find yourself a really good backup quarterback that way too and save yourself some money on the salary cap. Either way, it's a position that I think needs to be addressed in this year's draft. Not necessarily saying it needs to be addressed highly, but I think it is a position that they will look to draft this year. I just it's it's too important and uh, it makes too much sense not to. I'm right with you. If Kenny Pickett doesn't say, well, and this is a guy who's said, I think that Kenny Pickett can be the guy, but if he doesn't show it to you this year, you look even harder. And even if he does show it to you, you still, like you said, you still want to take that shot to see if you can find that guy in, in this draft class. We'll talk about who's in this draft class some other day, but let's get to talking about there are about who's... 77 of these podcasts between now and then. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, if, 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 if just that, there's probably, you know, double that. And that'll probably how much I actually end up doing, but let's focus on the now and the now that the Steelers haven't made moves. Uh, at the trade deadline. Now, let's, let's, I want to be clear. They did get D- Darius Rush, you know, earlier in the process. It wasn't like they never made moves, you know, this fall. But the trade deadline comes and goes. No moves are made. The, the loudest that seemed to be all the rumors were pointing to was a potential uh, grab of Jalen Johnson, the cornerback who's been excelling this year for the Bears. No such deal happens. Jalen Johnson uh, doesn't get traded to anybody. Meanwhile, the Niners somehow get Chase Young, uh, the Bears turned into buyers again, and I I just don't understand why they're ever buyers and why they keep giving away second round picks. But that's that's just who they are, I guess. Um, but uh, again, I look at this move, and I'm not all too shocked 
But I do, I do go back and forth thinking, was this the right call for the Steelers, right? Because they could have added to this team right now. They could have added if – they, if they went out and gotten another cornerback who could play with Joey Porter Jr. on the outside, let Patrick Peterson stay on the inside, this secondary could get a lot better, especially when Minka Fitzpatrick comes back from his injury. Or if you got another safety who could pair with Minka Fitzpatrick out there, maybe play a little bit better than like Keanu Neal or DeMonte KZ. And we'll get to the secondary in a bit. But just to me, it seemed like there was a window of opportunity here and it wasn't taken. And it just feels like a little sobering after all the crazy things that Omar Khan has done in his first year and a half, two years of, of being the Steelers GM. Yeah, I think there was some real smoke about the Steelers adding a corner. I think they they absolutely looked into it. I think they looked into making multiple moves at the cornerback position. Jalen Johnson from the Chicago Bears was one that was talked about a lot today. Um, I think there were others. I also think they looked into uh, you know sending guys the other direction. Um, I think you know saw Levi Wallace put on Instagram that was not done with without uh, some forethought. Um, I think they probably were trying to make a, a here and there move, you know, something like that, bring a guy in and send a guy out. One of the problems with trying to buy when you're not in great position is that you, you learn the lesson that the Chicago Bears learned last year. Is yeah. that you end up paying more if the rest of your season doesn't go the way you hope. And the Steelers are four and three right now. I don't think it would surprise anybody if the Steelers end up winning nine or ten games and making the playoffs. I don't think it would be a colossal surprise if they end up losing nine, ten, eleven games either, and and end up in in pretty good draft position. And now all of a sudden, those assets you're trading are worth a lot more. And the other thing is, you know, are is a player on an what is a player on an expiring contract worth to the Steelers? You know, I think that's the you know, are they in a position where they're willing to part with assets for a guy that they're only going to have guaranteed for the next couple months? Um, man, I just don't know that they're there right now. I think if the right move would come along for someone on a multi-year deal at a position in need, Omar Khan would have pulled the trigger on it. I'm just not sure there was one of those out there for them to make. It was a very quiet trade deadline. Uh, you know, I saw, man, big Montez Sweat and, Chase yeah. Young, and I was like, oh, and they had pretty reasonable prices. And I was thinking, like, oh, we got some real action here today. And then nothing else happened. Like, it wasn't just the Steelers. A lot of really, I mean, almost every contender in the AFC did almost nothing. The Browns traded away Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it didn't seem like it was a, a, a trade deadline where there were a lot of moves to be made. I'm not surprised that the I was I will say I'm surprised they didn't make any, but I'm not surprised they didn't make a big one. I expected them to make to do something, but I, I wasn't expecting it to be a major kind of earth shaking move. If you were the GM, would you have been a buyer or a seller, or would you have been neutral for the Steelers? I would have tried to play both sides of the deck, man. I think. We wrote SteelersDown.com. Myself and Nick kind of laid out a scenario where I was like, I want to get Jalen Johnson, and I want to trade Levi Wallace back to the Bills. I want to try to get Kyrie Elam. Like, I, I think they could get young in places where they're old right now, and I think that's a way they could do it. Um, look, I, I don't I don't entertain the idea of trading Dan Moore. I don't, there were very few offensive linemen on the on the, yeah. the trade on, on the trade block. Um, see what's out there, you know, Broderick Jones can play, um, maybe even choose. I don't know. 
But I, I think that it would have to be that kind of deal where like a little bit of in and out. They, you know, there, there isn't a place on their roster where they're just so bad that mm. they could make a small move and make a clear upgrade. Um, it's tough. It's, it's tough to, it's tough to make in season moves in the NFL. You know, you are pretty much who you are by the end of April. And it's, I think they've done a pretty good job. Like I, I like this team. I like the talent that's on it. I don't think it needs massive overhauls. Mostly just the players on it aren't playing very well. That's, that's my thing right there. I think this team does have talent. They need to, they need to execute what's on the field on the field. And when you have those guys on multi-year contracts, it's hard to just throw them away when you know right. that a guy like Mason, like what are they supposed to do with Mason Cole? Mason Cole's not playing very well right now. Okay. He's got this year and another year on his contract. He was great last year. Maybe not great. He was certainly good enough. He was solid. He while, was solid. While while playing through an injury. Like, mm-hmm. are they just supposed to throw him out? I don't know. That's That's a hard position to be in when you have these guys that are playing below your expectations on multi-year contracts, it's not easy to just replace them. Like it's hard to do. I agree. It's not easy. Um, And it's why I think that more teams, more teams are generally cautious about making moves like that, because you have to consider so much when it comes to replacing talent and replacing personality in, in your locker room. We got one more thing to talk about, and it's the secondary. I think there's some interesting talking points about things that happened in this Jaguars game that pertain to communication breakdowns, as well as how they're going to handle playing such a team without Minka Fitzpatrick, their ace in, their ace in the secondary. We'll get to all that in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by GameTime.co. But GameTime is where buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. You know why? Because they're going to make it a fast and easy way for who are you buy those tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near, near you. You get killer deals on last-minute tickets, and their best price guarantee that can't be beat comes into play so that you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. Just download the Game Time app right to your phone. You can book tickets for any event, whether it's a sport game, sporting game or a concert, anything around you, Game Time can get you tickets for. And even if you're if you're booking up to the last minute or you're even an hour after your event has started, don't worry, Game Time's got you. You still get flash deals on those events with that opportunity there. Also, Game time when it when it comes to buying your seats makes it so easy. You look at the seat, you, it shows you the view from your seat, so you know exactly what, what your view is going to look like when you sit in it. And they removed all the hidden fees. Everything that you're paying is right up front. Just two taps of a button at the price that you see, and and the the, the tickets are yours. And the best price guarantee is it means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find the tickets in the same section of row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110 percent of the difference. Snag the tickets without stress with Game Time by downloading the Game Time app. Create an, create an account. And use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase, or go to their website GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account, and redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter, Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com. Alan, um, want to address something here that even I missed in my first film review. Uh, granted, I was speed reviewing film while I was in Los Angeles trying to recover from a weekend of debauchery um, at a wonderful wedding. Um, but 
what the big touchdown that the Steelers defense gave up, the only touchdown the Steelers, Steelers defense gave up on a deep ball was to Travis Etienne on a 56-yarder where he streaked down the sideline. It looked like live, and even when I looked back at it uh, briefly when I was when I was trying to just look at film when I was in a hotel in Los Angeles, it looked like Devontae KZ just blew it. He jumped he jumped the route way too early, gave up the gave up the sideline. It was a touchdown. But as reported by you all with your guys, Derek and Nick, at SteelersNow.com, and I think you guys were the first team on this, that was not what the call was. The call was actually for Joey Porter to play man coverage in a different kind of a shell. They were disguising what their coverage was. They wanted it to look like cover two. And DeMonte KZ's man was actually Calvin Ridley underneath. And it was Joey Porter Jr. who should have been running with Travis Etienne down the side down the sideline there. This was confirmed by Joey Porter Jr. and DeMonte KZ in the locker room. So kudos to your team. That's why Steelers now is, is, .com is, is awesome. That's why we love having you guys on here. But also, um, I think it's it's interesting to hear. Okay, coverage breakdown. That's like the first real big mistake that we've seen of Joey Porter Jr. that we can like identify, and we knew it was coming at some point. It's just a miscommunication there. I think communication when Mika Fitzpatrick is back there, that's a big part of his role. Um, Alan, what have you seen when you look at generally how this how this unit is communicating and keeping things together? Because despite that one play, I, I think they they did pretty well in a game against Trevor Lawrence with two really good receivers and a, and a really good tight end and limiting them to what they limited them to. Yeah, I think, you know, we've seen a couple of these throughout the season, right? We saw the one um, was a rotation on a fourth down on a goal, uh, you know, like a goal line kind of defense where, you know, they needed Patrick Peterson to get back and make a jump to route, and he didn't. We saw one against the Rams two weeks ago, they were in zone coverage, actually in the same zone coverage that we're talking about here, where Joey Porter Jr. probably should have stayed with his guy and and instead he was kind of playing outside leverage and, and let Puka Nakua get a big gain. Um, those things are going to happen. They're especially going to happen when you're playing a rookie and you're playing a rookie that played a ton of man coverage when yeah. he was in college and yeah. has not really been exposed to the nuances of multiple zone defenses like the Steelers are running. This call is like a check from normal cover two that basically just some people call it cover seven. That's what Nick Saban calls it. Um hmm. where you know he's he's basically playing like cover three on the outside now where and he cut, has to take right. his man the, you know as deep as, as his man will go. And and the reason you do this is you're looking at the down and distance and you look at the way the personnel it's an empty set, right? So you're right. you know Empty set stress defenses, and they get Cole Holcomb lined up over a wide receiver. Okay. And so empty set, you would think check the man, right? Okay. But you don't want right. to check the man and, and man Cole Holcomb against a, a wide receiver in space. And so what you do is you're going to let Joey Porter Jr. take that outside receiver in one on one coverage. And then you're going to build a triangle between the slot receiver. Uh, Holcomb and KZ to cover the other two guys. And it's a complicated check. I'm not even necessarily sure it was the right check because of the way that the Jaguars were lined up. I mean, Porter against ETN is not the matchup that the Jags are looking for, right? They're not thinking ETN's going to be oh, – if, if Joey doesn't make a mistake – ETN's never getting open against Joey Porter Jr. Like never. Right. Calvin Ridley barely got open against Joey Porter Jr. Um, so I don't really think it's a great call for the Steelers defense to be in there, but that's the one they were in. And I think those are the things that are going to happen when you're playing a rookie. It's one of the reasons the Steelers have been bringing him along slowly. 
And um, it's also a thing that's going to happen when you start playing without Minka Fitzpatrick. You're going to have to do different things on defense that maybe are not the things that you do down in and down out because you're trying to protect someone somewhere else, right? You have a deficiency in your coverage somewhere you're trying to make up for, and you're, you're, then you're asking people to do other things instead. Yeah. I think that's that's part of the things that you're trying to cover up more and more things. You don't have guys that are, you know, your X factor guys and you're trying to force things. That's where communication breakdowns happen. But I also think these are part of the learning struggles that you go through, especially when you have a a, a rookie cornerback out there. I think that's part of why the Steelers were a little bit hesitant to start Joey Porter Jr. Not that I agree with that decision. I'm not saying that because I was on the, on the get that man out there after week one um, train train. But I also think, that there's, you know, this is part of the, what they're talking about is like, hey, we, we want guys who don't make those types of mistakes out there. We want guys who can, when we call a check, we just want the play executed. We want the play, you know, done, done that. We'll worry about style points and worry about, you know, the dominance. But if you, if you can't get a guy to be in the place that you want him to be, that's where you're going to struggle. And I think that's where they've been trying to protect Joey Porter Jr. But at the same time, you know, like you said, he, he was giving everyone else, everyone fits in that game when he, when it was man coverage and he was running with you. That was a big deal, and they got a big, big time opponent coming up in uh, DeAndre Hopkins with with the Titans. Um, after his huge day, he had three touchdown receptions from rookie quarterback Will Levis, um, and we'll get we'll, we'll get to that uh, tomorrow with our crossover Thursday episode with Tyler Rowland of uh, Locked On Titans. But Alan, I, I just I look at this, and again, this was why this was where I thought if the Steelers were going to make a trade deadline move, it would have been to address the secondary, not just corner, but maybe safety as well. Julian Blackman from the Colts, I thought would have been a really interesting get with his last year on his rookie deal um, and the experience that he brings and the talents that he that he brings. Um, you know, uh, you know all the different guys that they could they could have gotten. You know, period. You know, Jalen Johnson in that situation. I think it's interesting that they didn't make a move and saying, "Hey, we're good with who we got. We're gonna we're gonna rock out with with this crew." And I just wonder, Alan, is that going to come back and bite them as this season continues? Because you know they you know they they I think they've had some decent performances, but they've got a, you know some better quarterbacks coming down coming down the way very soon. Yeah, I mean, I think they've got all kinds of options now um, if they can get healthy. You know, Levi Wallace missed the last game. Looks like Minka Fitzpatrick is going to miss this one and, and maybe some more. But, I, you know, I think that's one of the things, like, Wallace was picked on a lot early in the season, but the one that yeah. we didn't see was 60-yard touchdowns against him, right? Like, he kept the lid on things. That's why a guy like that is valuable. Um, I don't think there was a lot of players. There were some. Jalen Johnson would have been one of them. That were just clear, easy upgrades over what they have. Um, especially if they're going to prioritize bringing Joey Porter Jr. along. If he's going to play the majority of the snaps, I don't know how much they have a need for another corner, um, but they certainly could have found a long-term upgrade. Levi Wallace is the one guy who's in the starting job at the beginning of the season that they chose not to extend his contract. His contract will be yeah. expiring. Yeah. That was there's, pretty loud. There's clearly a lack of faith going forward in him, even if they think they're getting okay play from him right now. And I think that's the thing that was missing, was an option that carried into 2024 that they could add to the secondary. I think if they had found that, then they would have get that, then they would have pulled the trigger on it. I feel you on that. And it makes me wonder what are they gonna what you know, what are they gonna have to do now to put things together in the secondary to limit those opportunities? But I will say this. Uh 
you know, by and large, they held it together against the Jaguars. That was a passing offense that I was wondering if if they would rip them apart with the weapons that they have and with how good Trevor Lawrence can be at times. But they kept them in check. You limited them to 20 points with very little offense to even help you out or keep get you off the feet or keep you off the field. Um, I, I think that there are kudos owed to this defense as a whole. <laughs> four, four straight three and outs and they give up six points. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. That's, right. That was a good. It was a good defensive performance. It was a good. I I gave a lot of stars to the defense. I gave a very Halloween grade of a lot of skulls to a lot of the offense. Uh, for for those who might have missed our stars and skulls grades here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. But Alan, as we look forward here, what's the biggest thing you want to see from this secondary do against a Titans offense that now has a rookie quarterback, a DeAndre Hopkins that's still very talented, Traylon Burks who's athletic and is going to get after you. What's the biggest thing you need to see from this defense and especially the secondary? Well, I mean, I think I want to see Patrick Peterson move around more. I want to see more of him in the slot. I want to see a little bit of him at safety. Agreed. I think he's the guy that can do the most to replace him if it's Patrick while he's out. But then even when he gets back, I, I just think um, move Peterson around and, get, and find some splash. They, they, they've been too static. You know, what the, the, the plan that they've developed has not been bad. I, I don't think it's a bad plan, but it's too much of the same down in and down out. I want guys moving around, different positions, different looks. Sometimes it's hard to do when you're trying to cover for guys, when you're breaking in a rookie. But I think it's what they need to get more splash out of Peterson and Fitzpatrick. Look at their interceptions. Those two guys had combined for, what, 11 interceptions last year? They have one, two? Yeah. One? I think not enough. Yeah, Yeah, not enough. Not not enough. I I think they got to get those guys going in terms of uh, finding ways to, to find splash. We'll see if that happens as this week goes on. Remember, we got a big preview. Crossover Thursday is with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. He and I are going to have an episode that comes out Thursday Thursday at midnight going into the game so that you can listen to that or watch that all leading up to the game. Alan and I will both be there at Ackershire Stadium covering the game and all the excitement on Thursday night football. Alan, thanks for joining the show as always. Let people that can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. At a Saunders underscore PGH at PGH Steelers Now, SteelersNow.com. And the Steelers Afternoon pod, a Drive podcast with me and Smitty on YouTube and anywhere you can find podcasts. And literally, okay, so we've been working on this and trying to have you on every week. Now this week, I don't know, weird schedule. We'll see. We'll see if we can. It's going to be tough. In. Yeah, we'll, but, but we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you all for joining us here in the Locked on Steelers podcast. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all that. And you can find me here on the Locked on Steelers podcast, Monday through Friday, breaking down your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast, on your favorite podcasting apps, and on YouTube. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts with a positive comment. You get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Thanks again for tuning in. Tune in tomorrow for a crossover Thursday event where we get you ready for Steelers versus Titans. 